Hey, this is HK Perrin, and you're listening to Echoplex Media. Check out Echoplex Media at echoplexmedia.com, where you can find more Echoplex Media. Don't forget to follow us on social media for beautiful food and inspiration.
everyone. Welcome to Down Ballot. We do the show live every Tuesday, 7.30 p.m. Pacific, right here on Twitch. That's uh, twitch.tv slash echoplexmedia. A programming note will be off next Tuesday because I go to an open mic once a month down out here in Fremont. And uh, next Tuesday, I'm going to go to that open mic. So uh, we'll have a week off here, Councilman. And we'll see you next Tuesday. The, the next following Tuesday. Tuesday. Anyway, I'm Producer Dave. You can find me on Grinder. Greetings, producer Dave. Happy to be with you as always. This is the councilman. You can find me on X at T H E underscore councilman, although I'm there quite a bit less. In fact, you'll probably find me more often than not in the baby section at Target, shopping for them mad deals on food, baby food pouches and diapers and all that mad shit, because that's where it's at right now for the councilman. It's dad bod to the max. Um, I'm really happy to note that I did lose five pounds last week um, on, on my new uh, low-carb diet, and I have managed not to spill bong water on myself in the first six minutes of this program, so we're already way ahead of the game from last week. Fantastic. So we're going to go ahead and get started here. What do we got for leading off? Well, uh, in case you hadn't heard, COVID is still a thing. The flu is still a thing, um, and as RSV, SRV, Sisters with Voices, I don't know, it's still a thing as well. So uh, apparently uh, local officials are urging folks um, to remember that they really need to get vaccinated for all these things, um, regardless of how long it's been uh, or how much they've been not thinking about it. COVID numbers are on the rise again, just as we begin to worry over things like the flu and RSV. That possibility of a tridemic prompted health officials in the South Bay to renew their public plea for everyone to get vaccinated today. NBC Bay Area's Damien Trujillo is in San Jose with a closer look at the numbers and talk of a vaccine shortage. The vaccine shortage is real in at least some parts of the country, but here in the South Bay, doctors say there is a sufficient stockpile and they're urging everyone to get vaccines. In San Jose today, a clear message even before a word was said. Public health leaders walked out of their offices wearing masks. They say it's a precaution, one of several everyone should be taking as we head into the winter months. We encourage everyone to wash hands, stay home when you're sick, and wear a mask in indoor crowded areas as well. The county's deputy public health officer says she just looked at the COVID levels in local wastewater and she didn't like what she saw. What I see when I look at those data is that the transmission of COVID right now, especially in the San Jose area, is very high. This tells me that on average, when I'm indoor in a crowded place, I'm probably being exposed to COVID. Bottom line, doctors are urging everyone six months and older to get the COVID and the flu vaccine soon. And they're calling on parents to get the RSV vaccine for all infants. While there are reports of a COVID vaccine shortage in some parts of the country, Dr. Sarah Rudman says that's not the case here. We were fortunate to make sure we coordinated early orders and have received the majority of our supply. But it is different this year at different locations. But is the plea enough to get people to roll up their sleeves three years? into the COVID crisis. I'm not sure. Not sure yet. All right. I, I, I just, I have to think about it and, and go from there. I have the vaccine and I have an, another booster. I haven't decided yet if I'm going to get the next one. I want to acknowledge the amount of vaccine fatigue all of you must be feeling right now. And I'm here to tell you the truth about them. And the truth is they work. 
they do the job it's meant to do. They prevent severe infections, which can lead to hospitalization. Anyone looking for the vaccine is urged to call their doctors or pharmacies. Anyone without insurance should visit vaccines.gov and look up the new bridge access program for locations where the vaccine can be obtained for free. In the South Bay, Damian Trujillo, NBC Bay Area News. Oh, man, I got to go get it. I, I did not like how I felt on oh, the first booster, actually. The first booster just fucking knocked me out. Yeah. I, I still haven't experienced a full-on blast from uh, the initial backs or, or the boosters. That's not to say I won't from the next one. I think uh, they've said that every one and every backs and every shot is almost different. So, uh, yeah, I, this is more like a PSA than anything else, everyone. Um, we always say it at the end of the show, so maybe we'll just say it at the top of the show. Go get faxed. It's not a bad thing. And I'm really interested in hearing more from... Uh-oh. I'm really interested in hearing more from the councilman, but we uh, we lost him. There, you're back. Oh, am I back? Weird. Uh, hello. Uh, so... Uh, I, I don't know what the young lady in the parking lot was thinking or what vaccine she's thinking about. If she's still unsure about the flu vaccine, she probably needs to get on the boat. Uh, but uh, regardless, uh, everyone out here uh, on Twitch, in the chat, uh, you all know, go get vaxxed. Get that shot. They'll give you like a lollipop afterwards. It's really nice. And I'm like the, the lady who was like, oh, I need to think about it more. I'm like, I don't even know what that means. Like, mm-hmm. Right, that's that was what I'm talking about. Like, I need to think about it. Think about what more and and more, what's more. Like, it's been like they said, it's been three years. You know, okay, just say it. I don't want to get vaxxed. I don't think it's necessary, or I don't think I think that Bill Gates is trying to put a you know microchip in my head. Whatever, whatever you think, just say it. Don't be afraid. You're just on the news. Yeah, it's definitely become like a cultural signifier in certain parts of like right wing and some kind of like I call it like dumb, dumb left discourse. Right. Where? Yeah. Well, I didn't coin the term dumb, dumb left. I think that was Michael Brooks, uh, the late great Michael Brooks coined that term. But it's like sort of a cultural signifier where you get to be like a rebel, but you're not really rebelling against anything. You know? Yeah. 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 I, I, I don't. And I don't really know what she's rebelling against. Uh, honestly, like I'm still thinking about it. So I, she can go on thinking about it. That's fine. Just, you know, hopefully she doesn't get sick and get everyone else around her sick while she's thinking about it. Uh, but anyway, uh, yes, everyone else in, in our land, please uh, make sure you're up to date. I need to check my booster actually to see if I'm up to date uh, for COVID at least. I'm certainly flu season time. So uh, go, get, go get your shot. So up, up okay. next is our uh, segment called Winners and Losers. This is a segment where there are no winners or if somebody happens to win, it was not who you're rooting for except on the rare occasion where we fuck up and put the put a story in there where it is who you were rooting for <laughs> well this story um it, there are some winners and losers because it's kind of all over the place but it's more losers than anything else because i think the ones that are winners we're not really super excited about anyway um but yeah so gavin newsom uh the gov he uh every year the governor gets delivered around september uh time frame um all of the bills that the state assembly and the state senate have passed uh, both houses have passed, um, so they're ready to become law. All they need is his signature, much like the president. He can uh, choose to sign them, or he can choose to veto them. And or, or like, if he doesn't do anything with them, they become law at some point, like in mid-October. Is that correct? Correct. Yes. Uh, if he does, if he sits on them, then it it simply becomes law. 
Um, right. It's, so, it's, it's uh, like it's like a de facto signature, all like right, like where he, he yeah, it 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 counts as him having signed it if he doesn't veto it. Absolutely, absolutely. It's 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 saying something without saying anything, basically. Um, but uh, typically, the governor will make a point of signing and or vetoing every bill that uh, crosses their desk. Um, and you know, with some fanfare, with no fanfare, with you know, maybe trying to avoid fanfare. Uh, but this is sort of a recap of uh, a number of bills that uh, the Gav uh, got to business with over the weekend. He just took Saturday uh, and said, "You know what? I got some time. I'm going to do some personal shit. I'm going to get my hair cut. I'm going to get my dry cleaning done, and I'm going to sign and veto a whole bunch of motherfucking bills." So I think he did like hundreds in one day. So let's see what happened. Governor Gavin Newsom signing another round of bills and vetoing some others. Kenny Choi breaks down the new laws. The bills range from climate change to health care costs to psychedelic drugs. The governor vetoed a bill that would have decriminalized the use of psychedelic mushrooms. Ooh, surprise. San Francisco State Senator I'm not. Wiener. I'm not surprised. He's politically ambitious. He doesn't want to be the mushroom candidate. Right. Wiener releasing a statement calling the veto a setback for a huge number of Californians. Governor said despite the veto, he supports further research. The governor also vetoed the Let Kids Hear Act. It would have required health plans to cover medically necessary hearing aids for people under the age of 21. Wait, what the fuck? Said he vetoed yeah, this one, at least three the good wife is apoplectic. That can help with the price of hearing aids. And Governor Newsom signed two bills focusing on corporations' impact on climate. One bill requires companies with at least a billion dollars in annual revenue to publicly disclose their greenhouse gas emissions, even from activities like employee travel. It affects all industries, not just oil. The other bill signed by Newsom requires companies to release every two years reports disclosing climate-related financial risks and how they plan to reduce that risk. The governor also signing a bill greenlighting a project that will revitalize Piers 30 through 32 in San Francisco. So no, no news on AB 969, because that's the one we've been keeping an eye on. They also didn't mention the insulin one, where he vetoed a bill that would have capped insulin prices. Oh, snap. I did not know about that one. Uh, which one is 969 again? 969 is the one that uh, basically Shasta forced them to do, and it's, it says that you can't like implement like a hand count system if you have over 1,000 people in your county. <laughs> Oh, in elections, election recounts. Yeah, uh, no, for just election like counting, not recounts, like hand, oh. like for the they want to do hand counting as the count, and oh. um, that you know it's it's kind of widely believed that um that uh that bill came out of the the, the state the state house in re in response to the nonsense going on up in Shasta County. Interesting. All right. Well, uh, let's see. I'll I'll, I'll look it up while uh, while we're rocking through the the, the docket here, but. Speaking to uh, that, this recap of everything, it's just, it's so interesting. Uh, as you pointed out, the governor is certainly on that track. He won't be he won't be president, um, so he's doing things that you know doing things that he think people in you know Arkansas or wherever you know not, even Arkansas, not Arkansas. He doesn't have a chance Michigan. of winning. He doesn't have a chance yeah, of winning. Michigan. Yeah, yeah, Michigan, Wisconsin. The the imaginary know, the imaginary swing voter in the Pittsburgh suburbs. Correct. There you go. Pennsylvania, North Carolina. You know, um, he yeah, he's looking to get their votes. So uh, yeah, no no psychedelic drugs, no cannabis cafes. Sorry, Matt Haney. Um, and yeah, no hearing aids for kids. Even though, <laughs> uh, like Warren Buffett probably makes enough in dividends in like half an hour to pay for all of the hearing aids for all the kids in America. Um, 
So I don't understand why we can't figure out a way to pay for that here. Um, but who knows? There was probably a poison pill in the bill. Um, anyway, there's another one uh, up next year from KTVU pointing out that the, the governor's not really interested in keeping kids from having unprotected sex, apparently. Newsom rather vetoed a second bill today that would have made free condoms available to all high school students. He said the cost of maintaining that program was too expensive and cited the state's $30 billion budget deficit. The bill was trying to make free condoms available for all students at schools that serve grades 9 through 12, as well as make it illegal for retailers to refuse to sell condoms to youth. Supporters of the bill argued that the would have protected high schoolers from STIs and teen pregnancy. Well, talks are said. We can't afford it. If, if they can't afford it, then how the fuck does like the Billy DeFrank Center, if, like everywhere you go, they hand out fucking condoms? <laughs> like, sure. And how do kids, how have kids afforded it all this time? Right on their allowance. Like the, the inside con- condoms are terribly expensive. Um, shit. You know, uh, who knows? The government could manufacture their own. They might be better than the ones that are out there on the market. <laughs> just like <laughs> that's the sad. That's just sad. I've been to like budget. I've been to like countless illegal raves where they were just handing out condoms at the illegal rave. Yeah, no, I I don't understand. And, and to couch it in budget, right? Like, you know, I could I could see this one being another of, you know, I guess it, you know it it looks good to Middle America and to swing states to say like, you know, yeah, no condoms for kids, you know, uh, have all the babies. Um, but and then you can justify it here by saying it's budget, but it's like, uh, really we're, we're the, the condoms are breaking the budget, right? That's that's really the the straw that broke the camel's back when it comes to the state budget is the condoms in high schools. Okay, no, you sure could, you could get them. I mean, you're buying them in such bulk too that oh, completely cents could, on the dollar. You could you could probably even talk the condom manufacturers into giving them to you. Oh, 100% or at least giving you a, a really steep discount. I mean, you're getting them for like pennies, pennies. And, you, you know, you're talking about a budget at the state level that's in the like trillions, I think, right? Like California is the fifth largest economy in the world. <laughs> you're talking about, we're talking about condoms, man. Holy shit. Does, okay. Do, as, as it stands right now, can the schools take the initiative and do it if they would like? Oh no, I, I don't think there's anything that's that that was what I was wondering actually. Was it some sort of budgetary concern he was gonna cite? Was it some sort of moral concern? Was it a legal concern? And no, yeah, uh, schools have been distributing condoms to kids for days and, and uh uh other, you know, feminine hygiene products and things of this nature, you know, have been distributed to kids uh through high schools for a number of years. It's no there's nothing no law against it at all. So yeah, if a district or a school wanted to say, Hey, we're gonna fund this and, and do this fucking A, they could um, in fact, in uh, the school right across the street here in that district, uh, some kids showed up one day at the school board and said, hey, we, uh, some girls showed up at the school board and said, hey, we want feminine hygiene products in our bathrooms for free at the school um, because we're kids and we shouldn't have to pay for it and we're at school and shit happens and we need our shit. So give us our shit. And sure enough, uh, the board was like, oh shit, we've got a bunch of young ladies here who, you know, have a very reasonable demand. Okay, here you go. They got it, right? Look at these blitz. So I, I don't understand how, how hard this is or why this is so hard. So this is going to be one of those things that's unfortunately going to be like one of those um, two Americas things, right? Where hmm. Santa Clara County, where I'm at, Alameda County, uh, San Francisco County, LA County, fucking Sacramento County, uh, San Diego County, those places, there's going to be 
condoms at the schools. And then you're going to have counties, not because of the money, but because people would freak out like a Shasta County immediately comes to mind, or there'd be a big argument about it. And maybe Riverside County or, or Yolo County where you only live once, but uh, I guess uh, it, since you only live once, uh, no condoms for you. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, it's going to be one of those things again, where like the kids in the cities are going to get access to this stuff and the kids outside of the cities aren't going to. Right. Uh, I think you're, I think you're exactly right. And I think that it's going to be a, it, it just like anything else, an equity issue. It already is frankly. And that's if anything, why there was a push to get this state. I'm guessing that's what the, what was behind the bill in the first place was that it is inconsistent as far as which districts and which schools provide this right statewide. So yeah, I'm sure this was a way to try to implement it statewide. And the gab just said no for budgetary reasons. That's what he cited. I'm, I, you know, <laughs> I, 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 whatever, whatever his actual reasons were, what he said was it was a budget thing. And that just makes so little sense. I mean, but that was his reason. On the other hand, like maybe, maybe the California teenagers be fucking more than we think councilman. <laughs> it's entirely possible. Um, so uh, it looks as though, yes, bill limiting ballot hand counting in California becomes law. So it looks as though Gavin did sign AB 969. Ooh, Shasta County Board of Soups is going to, oh, did it? Oh, I think they They're skipped this not, week. They're not So they, so wait, so they, he signed the, into law. So this will limit the ability of local governments to manually count ballots less than a year after one Northern County's <laughs> Shasta governing board ditched its contract with Dominion voting and decided to tabulate results by. Yep. Yes. Yeah, so this is a blow to Shasta and it looks like we'll get this. Hopefully we have some video on this, hopefully in the future on down ballot, but it looks like uh, the, uh, the soups who proposed this are vowing to fight, 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 fight. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. So it's... We'll see. It's probably not the end. Well, well, you don't have to, we don't really have to cover it on down ballot because anytime there's a Shasta board of supervisors meeting, guess what Catterday is all about. We have our own, of we have, course, it, has, right. it has its own goddamn bingo card. That's correct. That's correct. All right. Well, uh, if there's ever any spillover, I'm sure we'll catch it here. We always do. Um, it's sort of like, it's up North. So it kind of drains down into the Bay area through, uh, the Sacramento river, right? All the waste, the poo. Well, well speaking of the poo, I, I, I want to just call back to our first, ep, uh, clip here and and just give a shout out to um dr dr uh god i'm forgetting her name now dr sarah uh the other dr sarah uh who has been looking at our poo god bless you um for, for looking at the poo and making sure that we are still getting covid uh, not everyone you know it's a dirty job and not everyone would do it so i'm really glad there is someone who's looking at the poo all right, we're going to move on here. We got a driverless trucks and robot delivery service uh, promised more headaches than robo taxis. What could go wrong? Now it's going to be a driverless uh, delivery trucks. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah robot no, they're, they're oh, don't worry about it. It'll it's 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 actually better because there's no people at all in the car to report problems. Exactly. Like they're not transporting people. They're just transporting stuff. Some of the smartest cars on the road are often accused of making some of the dumbest mistakes. We're talking about driverless cars. And while we've mostly heard about them being used to shuttle passengers, the same kind of technology being rolled out in other ways that promise to deliver convenience without a lot of headaches we've seen with robo-taxis. Senior investigative reporter Bagat Japan explains. 
When it comes to navigating the streets of San Francisco, one of the major roadblocks for driverless cars has been the cars themselves, literally. They've stopped in the middle of the road for seemingly no reason, sometimes abruptly hitting the brakes and city buses. And even swerved right into wet cement. <laughs> GM's Cruise and Google's sister company, Waymo, have some of the largest driverless fleets in America and hope to surpass Uber and Lyft as the next generation of ride-hailing taxis. While both companies acknowledge their technology isn't perfect, they say the vast majority of their rides go smoothly, adding that their own research has found their self-driving cars are in some ways safer than human drivers. But despite all the attention on robo-taxis, transportation experts tell us driverless technology is actually likely to expand faster and farther when it's used to transport goods instead of passengers. This technology is challenging. Berkeley research engineer Steven Schladover has been studying self-driving cars for 50 years. The system well, that's not a good sign. Designed to be more cautious drivers than they would be if they were carrying passengers. If the vehicle needs to slow down or needs to be deferential to other road users, there's nobody sitting in that vehicle who's getting impatient because they're not getting to their destination in time. Which brings us to the new age of door-to-door -door delivery. The company Neuro has already deployed its self-driving cars to California, Texas, and Arizona for pilot programs where the robocars have delivered food and goods for companies including Walmart, Uber Eats, and Domino's. Almost half of the daily trips taken by Americans are for these local errands that we have to run. Have our robot do your errands for you. Dr. Andrew Clare... Or ride your bike to the fucking store. For Neuro ...and invited us into the company's Silicon Valley headquarters to check out how their cars work. Once one arrives at your home, a pin is sent to your phone to unlock your delivery. Please enter your four-digit passcode. And there it is. There it is. Claire says convenience isn't the only thing fueling the technology. He says Neuro's cars are also delivering safety by reducing traffic-related injuries and deaths. The safest trip is a trip that you never had to take in the first place, where you have this vehicle go and get uh, your groceries or your pizza or your laundry for you and bring it back to your home. Neuro's robocars first hit the streets in the Bay Area more than three years ago. Today, there are about 50 in California, but the delivery service has only logged several thousand miles on the road without a human in the car. Waymo and Cruise have each driven roughly 5 million driverless miles and have been in dozens of crashes over the past three years, according to the DMV. I like how when it's, uh, when it's a driverless car, they refer to it correctly as a crash instead of an accident. <laughs> the fault of other drivers. Like when this yeah, like, person ran a red ooh. light. But yeah, we're just saying, state and federal a lot of times the other driver was responsible, not the autonomous vehicle. Transportation records show that while in self-driving mode, Neuro's cars haven't been involved in a single accident across the state. What do you credit that to? From the vehicle design uh, to our software design, safety is our number one priority. Big rigs are also speeding ahead with driverless tech. Trucking is a $940 billion industry in the U.S. with more than 13 million trucks that largely rely on highway driving which is typically more predictable and less complicated than city streets. But the trucking industry is down drivers, with a shortage of more than 78,000, 
which is only expected to double over the next decade. The driving population is really aging rapidly, so they're going to age out and they can't find new drivers. One potential solution is putting robots in control. Which would that looked like you made that lane change rather recklessly. Did you see that? Yes. And follow one another more very, very uh, Batman cartoonish. Between different trucks. It's called platooning, and it can dramatically improve gas mileage since there's less wind resistance. Autonomous big rigs are still largely in the testing phase, but the company Too Simple already has driverless trucks on the road in Arizona and China. Imagine a world where you have self-driving trucks um, that can operate 20 hours a day, basically increase freight capacity at a fraction of the price of which today's trucks are being operated. Cheng Lu is Too Simple's CEO and says cutting gas and human labor means trucking companies could reduce their budgets by 40 percent. And cheaper transportation could mean cheaper goods for consumers. That no, that's not what that's going to mean. Certainly reduce costs. Robot trucks have got to go. Hey, hey. But not so fast, says Jason Rabinowitz, a leader with the Teamsters, the nation's largest trucking union. Sign that bill. More than a thousand members recently marched to California's state capitol. There you go. To support a bill that would require driverless trucks weighing more than 10,000 pounds to always have human safety drivers inside. Teamsters represent tens of thousands of truck drivers across California and worry autonomous tech could drive away their jobs. Should that be enough of a reason to steer clear of new technology? We welcome new technology. We want to make sure it's safe. It's about jobs, but it's also about safety. You want someone in the cab that could take over if needed. Absolutely. You could have even bigger disasters than we've had with the robot cars just because of the bigger size, scope, and, and weight and speed of these vehicles. The threat to our safety is enormous. The bill mandating human supervision inside self-driving trucks got bipartisan support in the legislature. But Governor Newsom vetoed it, calling it unnecessary since current laws already allow the state to create the appropriate regulatory framework. Right now, self-driving trucks aren't even allowed on the road in California because the DMV is yet to release guidelines on how they should operate. Once they do, the first phase of testing is likely going to require humans to ride along. But eventually, California's highways could be lined with big rigs that have no one behind the wheel. With the investigative unit, I'm Begat Chaban. Well, Begad has been staying on top of all the latest developments. So this is, <clears throat> I don't, I don't know the answer here. Um, are <clears throat> like the, like the current state of uh, professional drivers, right? Do they like, I'm not talking about like gig workers. I'm talking about like delivery drivers, right? Or do they law, is their safety record better than the average driver? I would imagine yes due to training, but I, that's just a guess. I don't, I don't have this information, but I would imagine the answer is yes. Also because like big rigs, like they were saying, that's more, a lot more highway miles, right? So you're going to less, less accidents, uh, you know, per mile of traveled on the highway than on city streets anyway. Sure. Um, there's also something to be taken into account here. They did mention that, you know, a number of these, uh, crashes as they refer to them, uh, with the autonomous vehicles are caused by autonomous vehicles right. or, or uh, uh, pe you know, people-driven vehicles uh, and not the autonomous vehicle. Um, so th that's a very important distinction to point out, I think, because uh, regardless of like the safety records and things like that, just per percentage-wise, right? You were putting, if you're putting a truck on the road, 
24-7, right, as opposed to 10 hours, 12 hours a day, right? Um, you're, you're just exposing yourself that much more to other people and other people making mistakes and causing crashes and causing problems um, and delays even. Uh, so, you know, it's not a perfect system, but, you know, I'll put my money on, uh, you know, the drive, you know, the driving community, the folks who drive for a living, I'll put my money on them for being safer as humans than the average human. Absolutely. Uh, it just comes, it does get into a fuzzy area because uh, as we've all probably heard or know to some extent, or think we know, uh, you know, sleep deprivation is a real thing in, in that community. Um, doing uh, uppers uh, to, to stay awake uh, all night is a thing. And that has caused accidents and does cause accidents. So um, there is that factor also to consider the health of the driver. I mean, that's, that's more, more the fault of their employer, like systemically it's the fault of their employer. Sure. Like the yeah. individual has the agency, right. And yes. they can just be like, well, fuck you. I'm going to sleep. Yes. But like systemically, like it's the fault of the employers. Yeah, no, it's, it's certainly, it's, it's a systemic uh, problem. And that's why the, you know, unions like the Teamsters exist in the first place is to get good wages and, and benefits for these folks so that they don't need to overextend themselves like that. Um, so uh, hopefully there's a way where we can find, you know, the our, our good friends of the Teamsters, our friends in the, you know, Amazon, the other industries uh, that need shit delivered um, can come together and with the use of robots, and um, even AI, they can figure out a way to make it better for everyone. Because um, if they need more folks driving, this could be a way to alleviate that, but it could also be a great way to attract more people to the industry because it could make the job easier, frankly, or make the job more palatable um, by involving more AI and more uh, more technology. So we'll see. Yeah, we'll, 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 see, we'll see how it all shakes out. It's, you know, I think... I think driverless big rigs, just because of the physics and people's uh, level of fear and and uh, apprehension about it, I think that we're a, a ways away. It's a lot to handle. It's a lot to think about. Uh, you know, even for someone like me who just casually is thinking about it, and but I drive down I five constantly and up I five constantly, so I'd be exposed to this a lot. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm just like I said. I'm like I, I usually say I'm much less concerned about the robot car than I am the human driven car. Human driven cars cause most of the traffic and the problems and the crashes. Um, I'll go to my deathbed saying that I would much rather have a world where we all just give it up and let let the uh, let the AI take over in that particular regard. But they could all lock the doors and trap us and kill us all and then gas us and take over and then it would just be a AI car world. And, you That's know, some of the people in chat have brought up like for longer hauls, it might be, might be better over, might be better over at all to invest in the rail infrastructure for mm. the longer haul stuff. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, we, we could absolutely use an, a reinvestment in our rail. Um, I, I think that's a hundred percent right there. The chat is on to something as so, always. We got another story. Uh, this I, I was reading up about this because people were complaining about this. This is actually the story is actually nothing, and I'll tell you why. Maybe the news will tell you why. But this, nice. this story is actually a completely meaningless. Starbucks is closing seven uh, seven of their stores in San Francisco. 
That's why I put it on winners and losers. Starbucks is joining a long list of large businesses to shutter stores in San Francisco. Here's a look now at the cafes set to close. The locations mm-hmm. primarily concentrated in the financial district as well as mm-hmm. one located in Knob Hill. KTVU's Amber Lee joins us now after speaking with customers and a coffee shop owner who used to work for Starbucks about all these closures. Amber. Julie, we're in the financial district. Behind me is one of the Starbucks slated for closure. Now, many customers tell me they love the idea of having many Starbucks around because of the convenience. This Starbucks at the corner of Mission and Main in San Francisco's financial district is the go-to spot for people who work in the area. I come twice a day in the morning and right now. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's just really nice to be able to walk across the street. But as of October 22nd, seven locations, including this one, will be closed. Most are concentrated in the downtown financial district area. In a written statement, a Starbucks spokesperson said in part, each year as a standard course of business, we evaluate the store portfolio to determine where we can best meet our community and customers' needs. Starbucks, at least from what I know, has always acted very quickly in like shifting business strategies. If something's not working, they're like, gone. Aiden Compton tells me he was store manager for the Starbucks on Stockton and Sutter Streets before opening up his own coffee houses in the North Beach neighborhood and on Fillmore Street. He says Starbucks has a lot of stores that are no longer generating the business they did before the pandemic. But as soon as downtown cleared out, you know, business dried up for everybody. Starbucks says it is, quote, reevaluating our footprint, including adding and reopening some stores it had closed, including this one at Powell and O'Farrell at Union Square. There's more variety here, so people have more to choose from. Vasconeris is the former executive director of the Fillmore and West Portal Merchants Associations. He says business closures are never good, but that Starbucks is adjusting to changing consumer trends. The popularity of other types of beverage shops are likely a factor. The emergence of the variety of boba shops that we see in the marketplace right now is a big reason for the closure of some of these mainstream coffee shops like Starbucks. Some customers tell me they did not know that Starbucks is planning to close some stores in the city. It's sad if when I hear to some Starbucks is closing. Me in San Francisco, a lot of things are closing due to the economy, due to a lot of issues that are going with the city. So, I mean, I'm not surprised. Starbucks says no workers will lose their jobs, that all employees affected by the closures will have the opportunity to transfer to another store. Live in San Francisco, Amber Lee, KTVU, Fox 2 News. So they did an okay job, but yeah, yeah, uh, like there was a a statement made by Starbucks that just without saying it, they're like, oh, we're oversaturated. Yeah, absolutely oversaturated and we'll just and we also have some spots that we want to reassess opening it's kind of like you know a, a, a bus service right or vta with their bus service right they're set every now and then they assess how the lines are doing what's what are the most popular lines how can they balance you know the need of the community needs of the community against their need to make you know fair recovery and they you know cut and add and sometimes add back lines right to, depending on where the popularity is frankly at that point um so yeah starbucks like any business does the same thing they expand and contract because they have the ability to do so no one i don't think starbucks is going under anytime soon um you know compton's coffee house might go under but you know starbucks won't go under so 
go ahead. They'll, they'll be fine. Don't worry. And even if your local Starbucks did close, this is a perfect opportunity to explore and to try Compton's Coffee House or to try the other, you know, the alternative artisanal cupcake shop that happens to serve coffee around the corner and maybe doesn't have poop in front of it. Um, you know, go in, try the mint snickerdoodle pretzel peanut butter fudge ripple cupcake swirl coffee drink you know and, and and support a local business and get diabetes while you're at it so when i lived in san francisco there was like a place where you could stand on van ness in front of a starbucks where kitty corner was a starbucks and down the way on the next the end of the next block you could see a sign for another starbucks Oh, like, for sure, for sure. Like, you you used to live near a spot actually in um, the the sort of Campbell San Jose Nether region, where there literally was a Starbucks across the street from a Starbucks. The Starbucks next to the Whole Fizzy um, at the at Hamiltony and uh, what was that Hamiltony and Bascomy, and then right across the street uh, in a little strip mall was another Starbucks. Yeah, yeah. yeah that that that's that's. And they're just not as popular as they once were. They, <laughs> they, they, they did that as a cash grab, right? Sure. Sure. Because they could, if they could, I'm, I'm, I would, you know, they, yes, sometimes businesses make bad decisions, but you know, opening up a store is a big decision. And I don't think that they do that without knowing that they're going to be fine. Right. Like the traffic in one was not going to be this, you know, like I said, the two that are across the street from each other, they're totally separate shopping centers where they're to with totally separate ingress and egress and it actually would be hard to like get from one to the other so it's not like they're competing even um in the morning commute it's like you're going one way or you're going the other way but you're going to hit a starbucks either way and that's their game <clears throat> and that game is maybe slowly going to change because there's just not as much demand anymore um sure and there's more than that. Like they said, there's more, man said there's more variety out there. Right. And more, I mean, even though people are, a lot of people are going back to work, people still be working from home and maybe they just mm -hmm. fucking make their own damn coffee. Like how we do it. That's how we do here. Wake up, grind it up, put it in that pot and drink it up. So here we got, um, we got to get your shit together. And this is just another story about is San Francisco going to clean itself up so that some tech bros can be happy. So let's let exactly. it ride. While there are many iconic landmarks, San Francisco's tarnished image around the world is best described as a beauty in distress. Journalists based in San Francisco who work for foreign media have much to write about. Especially since it changed a lot. It's not the hippie city anymore. Then the tech bros came in and a lot of money came, really a lot of money came in and San Francisco changed dramatically. Axel Postenet works for a German business newspaper interested in how San Francisco grapples with its commercial real estate downturn. The question is, will we see anything like this in Germany too or in other cities? That's an issue to be discussed in mid-November during the Asia-Pacific Economic Cooperation Summit hosted by San Francisco. Here's the APEC lineup. 21 world leaders, 30,000 delegates, 1,200 CEOs from around the world. Not only is the city's image at stake, but some say it is the beginning of its economic recovery. San Francisco has the potential to lure much-needed foreign businesses to its downtown, where one-third of the commercial space is vacant. What do they think is going to happen at this conference? So many things. Uh, you know, sparkles will fly out of London Breed's butt. 
Nothing. <laughs> no, people are going to go there. They're going to get drunk. They're going to cheat on their partners like they always do at the conference. And then they're yes. going to be like, oh, the San Francisco is not as bad as everybody says it is. Now I got to go home. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> like, right? like this. Hey, some of them will bring their partners and have relations with them, maybe. Opportunity to have international folks here, folks from China, Korea, right? From Japan, people who are not, you know, who are only hearing the stories and not seeing the reality of investment to see the opportunities to invest in here and the paths forward, we think is a real strong point. Where we're gonna showcase our cutting edge thinking on artificial intelligence and on biotech and everything else that's out there, autonomous vehicles. We're oh, don't focus on that. Showcase on all of that. Like everybody that comes to visit, we the think trucks. we're excited about it and might want to come and expand and be part of what we've got here. That can really help our economy. San Francisco has just one month left to prepare. So far, the city has raised $20 million to make it an extravagant event, but also make it clean and safe. Right before his big Dreamforce convention, Admittedly, Salesforce CEO Mark Benioff became the squeaky wheel, suggesting he might leave if San Francisco didn't clean up. It worked. Everything is perfect. What, it worked? Cleaned up, nice. I mean, I went down, I was like, I went down Howard Street, I'm like, what did they do? Pour fresh cement? I mean, it's like everything, like people, you can eat off the sidewalk. It's incredible. Well, at least it lasted a few days during Dreamforce. Howard Street is no longer gleaming, and some of the people hanging out on nearby streets have resumed their activities. Mayor London. Wait, that's that lady from the fucking from the from the uh, the driverless car experience where she was mad that she had to walk the rest of the way to the museum, right? Same lady. Oh yeah, I think so. I think <laughs> I think you're right. And she's worried about people doing their activities on the street. What's interesting is we had about 250 delegates from around the world who are like the advanced team for APEC. And they, we, we took them to the Tenderloin. We took them to neighborhoods and around the city. And what they said is, we, this happens where we're from too. This is not, we don't see what everyone is talking about when as a major city, San Francisco, just like any other major city, it has its challenges. Postinet disagrees. He says the international media will be reporting on everything they see, encounter, and experience. Keep them out of the tenderloin. If they come here, if they see this, this is... But where are they going to get their cocaine? Outrageous. If you come here and if you're not prepared for that, you really think, this is San Francisco? Oh my God. So we are going to continue to chip at it. We're going to continue to work very hard to get people off the streets. We've taken the very bold, uh, controversial steps of making arrests for not just dealers, but also users. Meanwhile, neighboring counties are watching too. San Francisco, obviously they're going to have great motivation to try and uh, spruce up the city which may see drug dealers quietly moving across county lines. San Mateo County District Attorney Steve Wagstaff warns of what may follow. If we see it, you arrest them and we will prosecute them and we will lock them up. We're really concerned. We do not want San Mateo County in any fashion to turn into what San Francisco has become. And it won't because we're not going to let it happen. The APEC conference is also a chance for San Francisco to take center stage when the leaders of the two largest economies, the U.S. and China, sit down to meet in good faith. The meeting goes beyond trade talks. It is also an opportunity to convince more Chinese tourists to travel here, despite what they have seen or heard. 
Chinese tourists spent $1.2 billion in San Francisco in 2019, but have not returned in pre-pandemic numbers. You never get a second chance to make a first impression. Now, there are two reasons why Chinese tourism has not returned to normal. One, direct flights were not available until just last month. They are slowly coming back. And number two, the valid concern about anti-Asian hate crimes. And you know that's sure. going to be something that's going to be discussed at APEC. And the delegates are going to say, what are you doing, San no Francisco? What are you about doing that. about it? Right. Not to mention the hostilities and the tensions between the two countries right now. Right. So, right. But we need those tourism dollars. We do. Thanks. Thanks. Thank well, at least they mentioned the flights. <laughs> yeah, that makes it a little tough because there's not a lot of like if you can't like what there's not a, there's a fucking ocean mostly in between the two places i mean I, yeah it's a very very large ocean in fact uh, <laughs> and, and how do we know people aren't coming here to see all this you know uh fun and interestingness and 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 character we might say um in san francisco and, and surrounding cities maybe that's exactly what people are coming here for um so let's before we poo poo it Let's think about that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, I, I have to, I have to, I found myself nodding and agreeing with London Breed in this particular piece uh, because she's kind of doing what we do generally is just they throw up our hands and say, look, it's a fucking city. It's a major city. And yeah, we got problems in a major city. Holy shit. Uh, imagine that, right? We got people living on the street. Right. We got, uh, you know, things happening, drug use happening out there. Things, things are happening in our major city. So, like, can you help us out and just, like, kind of roll with it and not freak out and think that things are going completely to shit and hell? Um, I, I, I found myself siding with her in this particular piece. Not that I always do. But then, and then she started talking about how we're going to start arresting users. And that's just like, uh, got, got me. And then you take two steps back. But, well, this is, she's, I, she's probably trying to, appease the people who might be coming to the conference being like one it's not yeah. that bad but two actually we're um going to deploy the shock troops right and you'll still be able to get your cocaine we'll even bring you cocaine right yeah you want to like again like i said they want to curtail drug use they, they start fucking searching people at the conference <laughs> like, yeah i mean uber coke right it's gonna it's gonna happen sooner or later so and, and uh not not for nothing like like we said about the last time yep yeah, like people when there's all these people in this one location, it makes it harder to notice any given individual, be they uh, yeah. a homeless or somebody you just don't notice that you should have said hi to because the conference was so busy. Like yeah. when you when you drop a bunch of people into like a two block or three block radius or just a block, it's you're not going to see everything because there's going to be people in the way. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Absolutely. So. Uh, Continue to keep trying to clean yourself up, San Francisco, but you just got to accept at some point. And, the, and we have to accept, and the tech, the tech bros have to accept you know, reality. Uh, Mark Benioff, get over yourself, bro. And the funny thing is, Benioff actually was the one who fronted a bunch of money for, I believe, an affordable housing measure or some sort of you know homeless housing measure. So I don't know what his deal is now, just because he's got a bunch of investors to answer to, I suppose. It's too much Twitter, probably. Too much Twitter. Yeah, it's too much everything. Too much Elon. Too much all of it. So, anyway. So, so we're going to move on to Down Ballot Watch, where things are mm -hmm. more directly about local government and local government meetings and the goings-on in our, um, like, cities and counties here in the Bay Area. So this first one is uh, about Sunol and um, 
school board president is getting threats, but not for the reason you might think. Yeah, we're following. This is a follow-up story from, uh, I believe, last week. So let's just roll it. More fallout tonight following a flag ban by the Sonol Glen Unified School District. The two school board members who voted to only allow the U.S. and California flags to fly are now facing serious backlash. KTVU's Brooks DeRose has been on the story from the very beginning. He joins us now in the newsroom. And Brooks, you sat down with the president of the school board who says he's actually receiving death threats over this. Yeah, a handful of hateful attacks, he says, that threaten him and his family. So much so... He's even filed a restraining order against someone. This is the first interview Ryan Jurgensen has given since that flag policy was voted on. He says a small number of people are inciting anger, more controversy, and potential violence. I did not expect this amount of vitriol from people. For weeks, Ryan Jurgensen, the Sonoma Glen Unified School District president, says he and his family have repeatedly been threatened. I can take people disagreeing but it's beyond the pale to start harassing children in an elementary school. It is uncalled for to harass my wife. That won't stand. It follows a controversial school board decision that he stands behind to only fly the United States and California flags on campus. The U.S. flag is the most inclusive flag that there is in the world. It stands for freedom. It stands for liberty. It stands for one nation together, indivisible, Under and there is not one God. in our school that is not represented by that flag. The change in policy brought about backlash and protests, even claims of a direct attack on LGBTQ plus students and teachers. Jurgensen says that's not true and wasn't the goal. Ultimately, we need to get down to teaching our children, educating our children in math, reading, writing, and, and focus on that and not focus on any other distractions. But online threats and harassing emails have ensued. One claiming oppression was Jurgensen's goal, saying you may need to hide your kids and anything you love. Another reading, enjoy your weekend, it could be your last. Even social posts... Kill shop 44, yeah, I don't, I'm fucking group. That is unexpected. I'm like highly skeptical I here. I will not stand for that. And I will not roll over to these bullies these deranged individuals who are inciting anger and violence. Documents show Jurgensen has already filed a restraining order against at least one community member. He says with lies being publicly spread, he's taking safety precautions. You never know in this, this world that we're in these days. People do crazy things. Four of his children attend Sonol Glen. A fifth starts next year. He says some of the hate has also been directed at them. His father says he has no agenda other than to do what's best for the school. School should be safe and inclusive for all people, for my kids, for everyone's kids, without exception. Jurgensen says he has no intention to resign. Some Sonol community members plan to try to recall him. We've reached out to other school district leadership for comment, but have not yet heard back. In the newsroom, Brooks DeRose, KTVU, Fox 2 News. Yeah, a lot of faceless bullies out there. Brooks. So let's, let's, let's set the, 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 the pride flag aside here, right? How does this play out in like a world history class? Um, like in the class at the school, like yeah, as, yeah, as yeah. this is happening. Like, like if they're doing a, like a, if they're doing like a, a fucking, uh, uh, like a section on, uh, I don't know, the, the United Kingdom, can they then not put up a fucking flag of the UK in the class, like during their 
like section that they're oh. doing on like the history of the United Kingdom or if they were doing the history of the fucking country of Mexico. Like this has nothing to do with anything. I think that goes on in the classrooms. It's just strictly, I think related to like the official flagpole out front of the school. Um, I, I believe that's, that's pretty much because I think that's all they could really control. I don't think they can control a teacher oh. wanting to, wanting to fly a pride flag in their class or, uh, or like you said, if it's instructional, obviously. Um, but yeah, this is, this is on the, like, what's flying on the official mast outside of the school. Um, and it was not like they wanted to fly the pride flag or um, uh, uh, any of it permanently, but it was pride month. Uh, so there you go. Okay. Um, well, I yeah, think, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Is this guy going to get recalled? I don't know. It's a very small school district. This is one of those things where I small. think, I think this is one of those things where I think, one of these groups that are similar to maybe moms for Liberty put up a few candidates and then everybody's just like, Oh, that guy lives down the street from me. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. Then this is, that's exactly what happened here. No, either that or no one was paying attention. And he seems like a nice white guy. I like how he's like, I've taken precautions. I have moved my family here to our bunker at our undisclosed second home in the mountains um, with our outdoor fire pit. Um, I, and I am also suspicious of kill shot 44 at yahoo.com. Um, and some of the, the, but you know what? If he says he's getting threats, I'm not going to say he's not. And if you are out there and you're making violent threats against this guy, that's really not the answer. It's just not the answer. Well, it doesn't so it doesn't it's not going to accomplish your your goal. And all you're going to do is all you're going to do is end up in jail. Yeah, it's not going to solve. It doesn't solve anything. Um, so and like really, even if you were to be able to get away with it and and like. And go go through with it, and this and kill this guy, right? And his family. Where does that get you? <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and in your, fact, you martyr this guy. What are you guy. saying? Yeah. What what's what are you exactly? And then the next wave across the country. Remember Sanol, right? We're all going to run for school board and take over our local school boards and remind people that the American flag is the most inclusive flag in the world. Ah, <laughs> uh, I couldn't believe that shit. That's all how. I, that's matter, that's how I knew. Dave. That's how all I knew this was matter. some Moms for Liberty shit. Yes, all flags matter. All <laughs> except, flags do except matter. they don't. Exactly. So up next, uh, we got Mayor Ed Two Hundred Nine clashing with the uh, Valley Transit Authority about uh, emergency housing plans. Yeah, this is another follow up uh, uh, to a story we had a couple weeks ago. It looks like the VTA has approved the plans, but um, uh, there's still some conflict between the city and the county and the and the transit folks. Since taking office, Mayhan has made tackling homelessness one of his administration's top priorities. That's why the mayor wants to put 200 units of interim housing on some land owned by the VTA. Devin Feely explains why tomorrow the transit agency may vote to pump the brakes on that project. A person is a person whether you live in a box or a house. Until just a few weeks ago, Lynn Shipman lived here in this row of ramshackle RVs and rundown cars in North San Jose. It's home for people without a home. It's hard living outside. It's hard to go dig a hole when you need to go to the bathroom. It's hard to get food. Ironically, the encampment is a short distance from the site where the city would like to build emergency housing, up to 200 units for the homeless. It's an open space that's been an empty field for years and likely would be an empty field for years to come if we don't use it to address this crisis. You can begin to understand the mayor's... Mahan likes it because it's good and out of the way. Oh, 100%. You know, and it's, it's, a, it's a, you know, all that's near is like a VTA corpyard, really. And even the VTA, like folks, of course, raised stink about it, like about danger and 
and threats and 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 safety <laughs> um but yeah no, it's out, it's completely it's like out of the way it's no not near homes right whatever it's not even it's our not land, near anything right? yeah it's not even city land right so they yeah they, they're, they're just like very easy for him this for the to like, yeah. Anchor Road in North San Jose. The VTA's maintenance yard takes up just a fraction of the property, and there are few neighbors nearby to object. But last month, it was VTA itself that was balking at the idea. A staff report described the site as, quote, inappropriate for use, citing safety and security concerns from employees who had experienced major workplace trauma, the 2021 mass shooting at its light rail yard. Mayor Mahan was undeterred. And I believe we have to treat homelessness like a crisis, not just rhetorically, but in action. We need to scale up basic dignified shelter, and when it's provided, we need to require that people come indoors. At present, the mayor says there are thousands more people in need than beds and shelter and services to help them. People like Ed Cabanayan, who's been homeless for the better part of two decades. If I was offered a spot in it, I probably would take it. But also, I mean, if they haven't employment, I would take that too. The VTA board is expected to decide this week if it's going to allow San Jose to build emergency shelter at the Zanker site or identify other locations they think are better suited to the project. But whatever they decide, the uncomfortable reality is there are likely to be people like Lynn and Ed living in society's shadow somewhere nearby. People know that homeless people exist, they just don't have to look at us. Well, San Jose currently has about 450 interim housing units. The mayor's goal is to increase that number to 1,000. The hope is to give people more options as they try to climb out of homelessness. So the only thing that if VTA, VTA, they could be real smart here and propose a site next to light rail, not next to a light rail fucking office or whatever. Corpyard. Yeah, yeah. Propose a spot next to light rail. Sure. I think there was a spot like uh, like off in the south side, the Santa Teresa area that was proposed that n- people got fucking pissed off about like a year and a half ago or something like that. Is that is that does that sound right to you? That's correct. Yeah, no, they uh, there have been proposals to use multiple VTA park and ride lots, right, that have been drastically underused around light rail to do a variety of things. Um, one, one at one point, one of them is used for like a food truck. Uh, gathering hotspot like on a Friday night, um, but yeah, housing. Uh, RV, I think the Santa Teresa site's being used for safe RVs, right? Um, although they're doing a bad job of getting the word out, and it's not being very well used. Um, but yeah, the, these sites are ideal for this kind of thing, for experiments like this, um, and for uh, getting more emergency housing online. Um, also, because it puts them right next to those transit lines, and for that uh, gentleman in the the video there, uh, the clip who said, Hey man, I, you know, I, yes, I'll probably take a emergency housing spot. I'll also take a job, right? And if they have a job, they need to get that job, get to the job. So getting, having near, near light rail or somewhere where they can get to places, that's ideal. That would be fantastic. So <clears throat> yes, yeah, not just that there's no transit there. There's fucking nothing there. Right. Right. No, it, it's, that's true. Uh, for the most part, there's and office this, buildings. Nearby. This type, this site in particular. So the mayor's getting what he wants. He's getting more, you know, uh, emergency housing sites. By the way, sorry. Update: the VTA board did approve the site oh. after much hand wringing, um, unanimous vote because they're all politicians at the end of the day, and they realize this is a good idea um, and a good spot, and they're not going to get too much blowback from the community 
on it if they're just getting blowback from like the workers at VTA well they can figure that shit out um but uh, I did I really have to push back again on the security and the safety concerns and just say once again that house people create their uh and they, they, they cited that rate. 2021 shooting. I don't believe that was an unhoused individual that did that. Well, I, I was just about to get to that. Thank you very much. Uh, it was a co-worker of theirs. So not exactly like some strange unhoused person living in you know the, the unit behind their building. No, this was one of their co-workers who walked in and shot and killed eight of uh, their colleagues. So... If you really want to be you want security and trauma concerns, look around the room. Right, and that's yeah. not that doesn't that's just not just for VTA workers. That's like your family dinner table. You want to know who's likely yes. to who most likely to off you. Unfortunately, yes. unfortunately, who's 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 a, who who who'd you eat dinner with? <laughs> it's in my family. It's me. Yeah, yeah. And like they look at, they look at me in the eye. And they're like, oh, he he, he could do it. So <clears throat> we're gonna go up to the North Bay here, Marin. Mm -hmm. And it looks like there's a, a homeless camp proposed for the Civic Center in Marin. Um, yeah, speaking and, of using interesting spaces for housing. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see what this is about. I know nothing about this, and I'm not even that familiar with, with the city of Marin or Marin County, other than I could find it on a map. In Marin County, there is a proposal to house the homeless at the Civic Center, home to county offices, as well as concerts, plays, picnics, and the summer fair. KTV's Tom Vakar visited the Marin Civic Center, a place designed by Frank Lloyd Wright that was intended to be a civic center of the... Oh, yeah, it's gorgeous. Federal courts have ruled that cities cannot evict homeless encampments unless they can provide shelter space to all. So, Marin has numerous homeless camps in San Rafael and countywide. This is the worst thing I've ever been through. My husband died. Things changed. Prostitution, drugs, everything. I don't deal with that Do you feel unsafe here? Very. Lifelong San Rafael resident Bob Epstein, who happens to be San Rafael City Attorney, expressed his personal, non-official opinion on a possible fix. On an interim, temporary basis, conducting uh, some sort of sanctioned camping at the 160-acre County Civic Center property with an intent that it would be over at a time that we could get people in housing. I think it's a great idea, really, because um, to keep us all together will keep us all being able to help each other out. Having them together, um, we're going to be able to bring more resources um, directly to them. With that, San Rafael, Marin's largest town, could remove encampments from public walkways, parks, and streets. Encampments aren't good for the community, they're not good for the neighborhood, they cause a lot of concerns for residents and businesses. Fact is, the Civic Center does have a lot of open space, and it is open space where you could put a camp. The problem is that there are neighbors who might not enjoy looking out on that including an office complex and a very large hotel right next to it. But Marin's 10 other towns yeah. might...
also want to place their homeless folks here, which could turn it into a much larger homeless mini-city. The county already provides 160 beds for homeless throughout unincorporated Marin, saying a big civic center camp is unsustainable. We have over 300 community events any one year. We have, uh, this is a vibrant uh, government center where our residents need to do their, their public business. We have the courts, uh, people for jury are need to use our jury parking lot. Until all people have access to shelter, the growing homeless population will continue to expand. Tom Baker, KTVU Fox 2 News. I like it. <clears throat> Put it right where them motherfuckers work. Why not? I mean, if they don't like the, seeing it, great. You got to see it every day on your on your way to work. Then maybe you fucking do something about it. Exactly right. Um, but it's this. The, the irony is that in that building right there is where the fight's going to be over this. I'm sure. Um, so we'll stay tuned to the public comment in Marin County. It's going to be fucking lit when that comes up. I can't wait to hear uh, all the the bitty white people from Marin who aren't don't live anywhere near that the spy probably come in and being like you know our community was going to get torn apart by this. They're, everyone's going to ship their homeless people here. San Francisco will ship their homeless people here. Um, and we'll just, we'll, we'll fall into the abyss of filth and crime. Well, but the, we also have to understand this is almost like a non-story too, because it was like somebody mm. who used to kind of, I guess they used to work for the they county kind of work there. Yeah. And they're just giving their <laughs> non-official just, just personal opinion. Right. Like, I just wanted to say, I'm sure this is something like maybe he was in the building at the, some point and he pitched this idea and it got like shot down because of, you know, everyone knows how much of a fight this would be with the, with the constituents. Um, and so this is his way of, you know, putting it out there and being like, hey, this is just my thoughts. Not that anyone's ever thought about this, but I'm sure there have been talks about it in, internally. And, you know, he's just voicing well, what has been already discussed. They have all that space. Maybe they could break ground on some fucking public housing. That would be nice, wouldn't it? I know it's uh, a long. I know it doesn't solve everything tomorrow, but you know we would we would have started if places would have started breaking ground on public housing fifteen years ago. We'd have public yeah, housing yeah. now, sure, and it wouldn't and solve the entire problem. But boy, would it! It would probably be a pretty big release valve on the problem. Sure, and and land is always the issue. Um, and there's land right there. Their school districts have uh, enormous amounts of land that's unused, um, and again could be used for housing. Uh, for their employees or their kids and their families. So get on it, people. Get off Get off your high horses or whatever <clears throat> is keeping you from having the political will to do something. It's a crisis, then act like it. Marin County has a lot of money and a lot of space. It's not like San Francisco mm -hmm. or even Santa Clara or Alameda County where we're starting to run out of no. space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no. They, they, have, they have the largesse. They have the space. They can make it... Fuck, they can make it nice. They can make it like glamping. It would be fine to look out on... Honestly, if they can make right. it pretty, to, if, if, if people were worried about people in the hotel looking at some sort of unkept wasteland. People in the hotel be like, you're charging pretty. me how much for this hotel? Look at that site down there. Excuse right. me. <laughs> Spend a few dollars and make it pretty. It doesn't, it's not that hard. And, and what do you know? People might actually, more people might want to go live there, right? Um, yeah. So anyway. And I bet I don't, I don't think this is going to happen. I think it's just, they just needed like a, a story outside of San Francisco about homelessness, sure. right? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, it, anything's any, anything's a story um, right. when it comes to comes to San Francisco. So we got and another thing. We're uh, we're definitely way ahead of schedule this evening. This show's only supposed to technically, kind of, sort of, supposed to be about an hour. So we're getting better. We're getting better. Um, doing right. Doing all right. So this is a uh, car versus building um, number eight hundred um, <laughs> and forty three. And I, if it's a Louis Vuitton store, I uh, actually predict that the building will win. 
Well, let's find out. Let's. Walnut Creek police say officers interrupted a burglary in progress at the Louis Vuitton store after thieves used a car to break in. It happened just before 4.30 yesterday morning. Police say officers were on the scene within one minute of getting that call and saw roughly two dozen people attempting to burglarize that store. The suspects used a stolen Land Rover to crash through the front window to gain access. Sky Fox hmm. was over the location at Broadway Plaza yesterday, and you can see crews there repairing that window. The suspects fled I have no in idea. different directions. Well. It's unclear how much merchandise was stolen well i apologize no no video of the actual uh, incident <laughs> we have a we'll have to call that one a draw because we don't know i guess i mean if just judging by the extent of the damage it looked like they're repairing their, their window but it didn't seem like too much damage to the facade so um it looked like things were pretty hopping actually on the sidewalk so not too much distraction so i, I don't know I, I kind of feel like a, a yeah structure might have won that one yeah well that's been the show a uh, councilman uh now that you have that fancy fiber connection, except for your dropout earlier, I think that's a result of your old computer, but you're, you we're on a pretty uh, minimal delay here. So you want to close the show out? That's fabulous. I would be happy to. Um, and I can't wait to upgrade. Don't get me wrong, folks. Upgrade yo shit. Um, this is the councilman. I'm really excited to have joined you, producer Dave, and you, uh, chat, and you, Twitch viewers, and all of you listeners who download this podcast and make us the ninth best news podcast in all of california that's fabulous uh, according to someone anyway uh <laughs> please uh, remember as we said at the top of the show go out there and get vaxxed get your boosters um you know make sure you wear a mask uh, if you're in a public space because everyone around you has covid the poop says so um but you know if you really want to take your pants off i'm gonna let you do that because it's totally optional uh this is audible smoke you're gonna uh, see us in two weeks because producer Dave is going on sabbatical next week for his open mic. Uh, and we will see you uh, next, next Tuesday. Have a great night, everyone. Peace out. <laughs> To get the party started Pick up my phone just to check and see who's calling Dress up real nice for the ladies at the bar And I'm driving in my car just to get to where they are Here at the local scene is where I plant my feet It's where I smoke my cigarette and I hold my drink I look at all my friends, they're all blazing greens Here at the front of the stage waiting for FTV Where are those guys who's standing next to me With a pipe in his hand ready to blaze for me About five minutes later we're all singing Queen to get the fuck up on and like the scene, yeah. We do what we want, and what we want is to jam. So sit back and enjoy the band. We do what we want, and what we want is to jam. So sit back and enjoy the band. Enjoy that band. I turn and head back to the bar for a refill, man. You know where we are We're headed out to the car To smoke another one And another one Now just when the magic starts kicking in I hear we left playing And you know it's time to head in Alright everybody now it's time to grab a new drink Spark it if you got it And then pass it to me yeah. We do what we want And what we want is to jam So sit back and enjoy the band 
do what we want. What we want to do, what we want is to jam. So sit back and enjoy the band. Enjoy that band. Last up on the field for the show tonight. It's down to dirty and five, so we're headed outside. Just spark up another joint now. Who's got my lighter? Stoner E, of course. Shouldn't you be inside? I'm all up in this bitch, being who I gotta be. I'm fucked up like the US economy. The truth is, is that I don't think logically. Stone the E, take you on a psychedelic odyssey. Now, inside, motherfuckers is rocking me. And outside, shit, we smoke a lot of broccoli. Rocking the rolly, all that sexy girl be jocking me. Ain't too drunk to fuck, but I'll probably do a sloppily. We do what we want. And what we want is to jam So sit back and enjoy the band We do what we want And what we want is to jam So sit back and enjoy the band Saturday is Catterday on Echoplex Media, and not only are we posting fucking cats, we invite all content creators to join our open panel. Visit echoplexmedia.com slash panel to learn how to join. Every third Saturday is Operation Catterday, where we cover this week and last year and play the best clips from the cast of conspiracy characters that now space has learned to loathe. The show starts at 8 p.m. Pacific at twitch.tv slash echoplexmedia. Find our full schedule at echoplexmedia.com.